Chiefs made some big plays and gave the ball away and survived the second quarter of Super Bowl 58 to be in shape to take that win. How did they do it today on Locked On Chiefs? From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked On Chiefs podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use our code Locked On for $20 off of your first purchase. Welcome back, friends and neighbors, Chiefs Kingdom around the world. We are back today to take the next step forward in how this championship was won for the Kansas City Chiefs in Super Bowl 58. Thanks for joining us here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. That means your team every single day on every platform for free everywhere. And we start right here on YouTube where you can like and sub and click that bell so you get notifications when we put new content up. Because as we move towards the offseason, we're going to have some extras for you. We're here five days a week, and you everydayers know that, and we love you for it. But we might drop some extra content. We're going to give you some instant reaction on YouTube in particular in some short form, as well as on our text line at 816-357-8781. Once you get liked and subbed here on YouTube, jump over and get your Spotify, get your, your Apple, get everything there because we're free on every platform all the time, 24-7. And... You can also join us and become part of the group here by all the places that we post our content. You're going to get all the cap numbers. You're going to get all the quarterback numbers and advanced analytics from Chris over at Casey Chiefs Corner. From me, you will find all my coaching perspective, all my draft work and prep, as well as the athletic matrix at rogueapc.com at 33, NFL33, that is.com, and RGR Football, which is a .com, but it's also a YouTube channel here. So you can find us everywhere all the time doing that we come back to how did the chiefs move to the second quarter and dominate that in order to keep themselves ready for this overtime victory how did they win the period what had to go into it to get that accomplished and we start today with the biggest play of the second quarter in super bowl 58 and we have a bit of a disagreement i'm going to start it because i think the thing that broke it open was the giant crosser deep post corner cross corner, I should call it, to McCall Hardman, who split defenders there and, and got them a little rope-a-doped into allowing him to make that catch. This was the first time in this ballgame where we saw one of the shots work, where you saw that uh, the Niners are going to have to pay attention to the deep as much as they do the short. And I feel like this broke the offense open a little bit and allowed it to breathe a little bit more. And despite what happened next, this is the play that, to me, put the Niners on the defensive a little bit more and allow them to start to work back against San Francisco. Yeah, no, and I agree. I mean, it was, it was a big play, uh, you know, 52 yards uh, in the air, mostly from Hardman. I mean, throwing from one side of the field to the other side of the field. Uh, so even further than the 52 yards, it was a bomb. Uh, that is all you can really say about it. It was a fantastic throw at Holmes. Uh, McCole read it and actually got to the ball. Great. And it was a great job by him to get to it. Uh, and it was a huge play. Uh, the problem is, right after that play, Pacheco fumbles. So you have this huge play. You make this big play. You It looks like things are turning around. And then the very next play, you give the ball back to San Francisco. It's, it's troublesome. And I understand where you're coming from. For me, I want to focus on what worked. And in this play something that we haven't seen from McColl much. He ran and gave a nice actual fake, ran his stem, made the defender look like he was going to the outside, 
and and cut it back across his face to take it into the deep far corner. And that's why this play worked. And I think in setting up the rest of the offense, that's why I'm emphasizing that. But you have a good point. While as much as it added to the offense, the next play took away from the offense and really probably had more of an outcome on the game itself, right? Right. Um, It took took points off the board. Absolutely. They were in position to put points on the board, and it took it away from them. The question is, which had more of an impact throughout the game? I think I know what you're going to say, but where do you stand? (laughs) I I still have to go with the fumble because you take three points off the board at least, and with the way that it looked like the offense was finally starting to figure things out. I mean, there was, it wasn't just that big play. I mean, that big play, that big throw to Hardman was great, but they had had a couple of other plays right before it where they were starting to move the ball and they were starting to have an effect on the San Francisco defense. I'm not going to say that I guarantee that they would have scored a touchdown, but to me, you give Andy Reid three times at the, at the end zone. I like my chances probably better than obviously what their normal percentages are, but I think that especially going against a team like San Francisco, if you get it, you saw what they did from the three-yard line in overtime. And that's my point is he gets creative in that time, in that time, in that space, and will make just little tweaks to plays. So I think that they get in for a touchdown if they don't fumble, but they at least took three points off the board. And when you look at how this game ended and it went into overtime, that made a big difference in how it went. Yeah. And that's fair. Like you mentioned, uh, the split back look that Rasheed Rice took a handoff was the play before the McCall Hardman deep ball for 52 yards. And that was the play before the fumble. So it was bang, bang, bang and showing a, a couple of different looks. And the more that I watched uh, McCall's catch, it does come back to the fact that, that he ran the route, Patrick delivered the ball, the protection was there to let it get out. And it all started to come together. So we can agree to disagree on what had the bigger impact. That's for sure. But they both, in one, two, three fashion here, the two biggest plays of this quarter were right up front together and nullified each other for all intents and purposes. So I think yep. it set up winning the quarter, which we're going to get to here in just a minute. I think that that set it up to be that much more difficult, but gave them the impetus of, hey, we can take some big plays off of this defense. Well, and it gave them the show. It showed them that they were able to just move the ball even. Because like I said, I mean, a couple of plays before the big the big bomb, they started moving the ball. And that makes a big difference when you start getting the feel for what the defense is doing and realizing you can move the ball and you can, you know, get first downs and you can make plays happen. It all builds momentum. It builds a drive to wherever, you know, to score in a touchdown or score a field goal. So it all yeah. plays into it. It is. It's a, it's a whole game. And you got to win it quarter by quarter. How did they get this done? Well, They were able to recover from their own mistakes. We're going to get to that coming up next here on the Locked On Podcast Network. We all know it's hard to get tickets to Arrowhead, and it's even harder if you're trying to go to a Jayhawk basketball game, but you shouldn't have to worry about the tickets for the next big event that you want to get to. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports events, music venues, comedy, and even theater events near you with great last-minute deals all in prices. You can view the seat from the app as well as the best price guarantee. Game time takes all the guesswork out of buying tickets to your next event. And to see that seat from the beginning, that's the big thing for me. I want to know where I'm going to be and what my view is going to be. It's the best feature out there. All in prices, no hidden fees, all up front. It's a great deal that you can check it out. And you can buy tickets in seconds with just two taps. So take all the guesswork 
out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use our code Locked On for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms do apply, but again, you just have to create the account and use the redeem code L O C K E D O N for twenty dollars off of your first purchase. It's uh, it's the best way to go about it. Game time, get it today. It's last minute tickets. It's lowest prices, and it is guaranteed. Folks, make sure that you check out the Locked On Sports Today feed. It's 24-7. You see a lot of familiar faces. A lot of the teams that you're going to be rooting against when the Chiefs play them next year, <laughs> as well as us. So make sure you get subbed over there. It's a great channel. This this quarter was a little bit more difficult, I think, self-inflicted in some ways. But what stood out to you about how they had to go about winning this quarter? You know, they got to a point where they had uh, – passion was a big deal in this quarter. I mean, they, they started to show fire. They started to show – uh, taking it to the take it to the 49ers and unfortunately one of the things when you start talking about passion you have to talk about it uh, you have the big McCall Harmon play the next play you have Pacheco putting the ball on the on the field and right after that the camera is panned to the chief sideline and Travis Kelsey is bumping into Andy Reid and almost making him fall over and yelling at him and that is the picture that you saw and at that point you have to wonder is, are they going to get this figured out? And the funny thing is, is like I saw it and I didn't, I wasn't worried about it. I know those yeah. two have a special relationship. Like I get that they have a special relationship. Andy Reid has groomed Travis Kelsey to get him to the point that he's at right now. So I wasn't worried about it. I knew how that relationship works. And I know that Andy Reid loves passion from his players and he knows where Travis's heart is. So I wasn't worried about it. But there were a lot of people I was watching the game with that said that can't do that. And, you know, and and Travis, to his credit, on his podcast this week, he came out and said it was unacceptable. I mean, he took full blame for it, said, I can't do that in that moment. I cannot let my passion get the best of me. Uh, and it was funny watching him and his brother go back and forth talking about emotion and how it is something that their family deals with, that they are very emotional and and I, I don't mean that in a bad way, but they're very passionate about what they do in it sometimes can go the wrong direction and it did in that case yeah you know and it's funny that you bring up their conversation because i find myself identifying with jason quite a bit in in this scenario because my initial reaction was damn dude that's a step too far you can't yeah. can't not coach over because and andy came back and, and said that he, he wasn't paying attention very much you know he, he's in his play call sheet but i mean that, that's just too much like you, you got to know where the limit is and you got to be able to walk the line a little bit better than that I, I agree. You love the passion, and I and like Jason said to Travis, you just got to know when that edge is there and not yep. fall off the other side of it. Yeah, and I'm not excusing what Travis did. I, I I'm not saying that it was okay for him to do it. I'm just saying, I I knew better than to think that it was going to cause an issue between Reed and, and Kelsey. Those two know each other. They have a great relationship. They've been, you know, they've had that relationship for over ten, for ten years. I mean. You know, they know each other very well. So I wasn't worried about the relationship at that point. I wasn't worried that there was going to be an issue between the two. But it's funny a little bit because one of the things that stands out to you is Kelsey had only had one catch for one yard. We talked about that in yesterday's show. One catch for one yard, and you're sitting there, and it's like, okay, well, what is going to happen now? And, you know, is Kelsey going to be, become part of the game plan? And he didn't become part of the game plan again in the second in the second quarter. That was in the third and fourth quarter where he started getting catches and in, in having uh, a big deal in the game. And, and I think part of what Kelsey was pissed off about was 
they took him out of the of the game on that play. He would have been the guy that was guard that was blocking the guy that got the ball. And I I do think that that plays into it. Again, not excusing it, but it got the whole team fired up. They saw that they could move the ball, and that was one of the big plays that's or that was one of the big moments of that quarter. Yeah, and I'll I'll double down on it. Travis's passion being shown to coach, even though they went too far, I think fires up the rest of the crowd. And what we what we learned from them both later, saying that hey, I can get this done. Use me, feed me the ball. We got to remember that the ball's on a nine yard line, and yep. they you just got a huge pass play. The the Niners secondary is on its heels. It's not sure what it's looking at, and I think that's just a, a different. Not to take away from Pacheco, but for Travis to say, hey, I haven't been involved in much yet. Get me in there. Get me going. That part I agree with. And I think him having to show that display of emotion, I think probably bled over into everybody else getting themselves a little bit more up as well. Well, and you and you watch the way that the game played out. I mean, Pacheco wasn't able to run the ball very well. They just weren't able to open up holes. And Reed stuck with the running game. But that's been one of the things that, is, that it, at times has been a frustration this year is that they continue to just go with the running game even when it's not working, and it causes you issues. And you get behind the sticks, and we've talked about that on offense. You get behind the sticks, it becomes a bigger issue. So I, I think that plays into it as well. So you, know, you look at it, I mean, the passion that came out for both of those guys, the passion that you started to see uh, the Chiefs coming back with, especially towards the later part of the second quarter where they're starting to figure things out and moving the ball. Yeah. I have to say that I personally agree with sticking with it. You may get in some negative situations, yes. But overall, it pays off, and that, that's how you win the ball game. To do that, you got to win the quarter. How and what could they dominate to take this away? Well, don't be surprised here, folks, because it was the defense. We're going to tell you exactly what Trent McDuffie did and how that turned things around for them here in this second quarter on the backside of this here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers, you get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet right now on FanDuel. That's $150. If your bet wins, super straightforward and simple. Bet all your favorite NBA players with the teams that you're looking for, whether it's quick bets, same game parlays, exclusive props, and everything else under the sun. Just visit. FanDuel.com slash locked on and shoot your shot today. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on at FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NBA and the NFL. Do not miss. Do not miss the Locked On Sports Today feed. It's 24-7. As soon as you're done here, you can just jump right over to it. You may see us just absolutely again. You may see a number of different hosts that you're aware of and you want that information. So make sure you check that out. Domination is hard to find at times, but you have to have at least a glimpse of it as you go through a ball game because you're coming up on and in the Super Bowl, the, the halftime is so much longer, so elongated is your rest period. Yeah. I feel it's it's critically important in, in that game, in any Super Bowl, to go in on a positive note when you end the second quarter. What did what stood out to you that allowed them to do that? Is there something that stood out that they were able to dominate and take away? I mean, you know, we talked about this on yesterday's show with the FAU play at the end of the first quarter. That's what set up Trent McDuffie's second quarter play because it was the exact next play. 
Trey McDuffie is getting a ball that is thrown to Debo Samuel in the end zone, and he knocks it away. He is guarding him and get, uses it offhand to put up and knock the ball away. And the reason that is such a huge play, the reason why that play matters so much, go back in Trent McDuffie's career for the past two years and go back to last year's Super Bowl. Remember, he lost a ball up in the air that A.J. Brown was able to come down with. And I'm not blaming him. I mean, it's hard to track, and that's an issue. He is, If he can get that part of his game taken care of, he's already an all-pro. That's mm-hmm. one of the only things that, that I would even say that he struggles with is the tracking the deep ball. And he did that fantastically on that play and saved a touchdown. Yeah. That's that's the turning point for me right there. Is It's not he, – he made a number of plays in this ball game. He was yeah. excellent all the way around. But that one in space – and it's not just that he doesn't track – he hasn't tracked the ball – exceptionally well i actually think he's fine at tracking it's the adjustments midair and his catch-up speed when he is turned around looking that was an exception to the rule he's changed that especially against debo that we know they were trying to come in there and feed him they were trying to get him going to take that ball away in that situation that would have put up points i think that's a backbreaker to the mentality of your opponent going in it's not just that it's a great play it's that you stopped them in a way that they just didn't have any kind of answer for. Yeah. And to take it a step further in that scenario, that play happened at the 37 yard line and McDuffie's actually running step for step with Debo. So he's not turning over his shoulder, trying to you know run and, and do different things like he has been in the past when he's got beat on those types of plays. But the next play Moody has to come out and kick a 55 yard field goal. Now, granted he made it and granted that, you know, that put points on the board for San Francisco, but he has struggled as a rookie kicker. And this is a high pressure situation going into that. And you're putting him in a situation where you're asking him to kick his first field goal. that's 55 yards in the super bowl. I, I mean, as defense, you, you want to put teams in that position where they have to kick, at distance and it was a third it was a fourth and 14 and he had a kick from the 37 he made it congratulations to him it was a great kick uh set a super bowl record for all of about a quarter and a half yeah all, all <laughs> of about I mean, that's a great way to put it you know and, and that lead is something that they had to glom onto. i think two other things happened here as as the quarter drew on and that is that the edge came back. They started to, to bottle up McCaffrey a little bit more. Yep. It was it was less 10-yard plays. It was it was four here, three there. I'm, I'm running down through the playlist here. Uh, five, seven. And then you get to the point where I actually think this helped. Again, I was not happy um, with the unnecessary roughness call because it, it was a classic case of, of the second guy getting the flag. Yeah, uh, because Ayuk was all over Snead the whole time, grabbing him after the play in the whole nine yards. But that turned around. That's not an excuse for Jerry Snead, who should be more composed to take a swing at a guy. Because I think if he just turns around, maybe even shoves him, I don't think there's a flag there. So Probably he not. lost his cool a little bit. Yeah, But that, but- I think, right there led to them bowing up because it reset them. Um, they were about to get scored on. And I think if it wasn't for that penalty, I think they're probably a little bit more on point. Maybe that score doesn't happen because they're a little bit less frenetic. But if it isn't for that play, that and that's the the double pass from Jennings back to McCaffrey, where his acceleration really makes that play, in my opinion. Yep. If that doesn't happen, 
you limit them to three and this ball game doesn't go into overtime and you could have won it there. If it wasn't for this play on that touchdown, they do dominate this particular quarter and they're starting to wear down the Niners. Yeah. And it was, I mean, you go back and you watch that play. And one of the questions was, is there an ineligible lineman downfield? Well, <laughs> quick answer is no. Uh, Jawan Jennings pass across the field just took forever to get there. And the lineman <laughs> was start, started behind the line of scrimmage and it was three yards down the, down the field. By the time the ball got to McCaffrey, it was a great play designed by San Francisco. You got to give props to, to, you know, them to be able to do that kind of play Shanahan, you know, for the willingness to call it, um, you know, it was a great play by them. I mean, the chiefs almost sniffed it out. They got close, uh, but unfortunately it went for a touchdown and you're right. I mean, you hold them to a field goal there. That's a completely different ball game. Um, at that point, they would have been up six zero because Kansas City hadn't scored yet. Uh, but it's different than 10 zero and not to mention Kansas city is going to get the ball. Uh, there was, what, four minutes left in the game or four minutes left in the half at that point. Kansas City is going to get the ball, and then they get the ball in the second half. Mm -hmm. So if it's a six-point game, you have a chance to be up. It's only going to be two scores at most because you're not going for two. If you score a touchdown right on your first drive and then you come back and score another touchdown, you're up eight versus, you know, a situation where you're, you know, maybe only up four. Agreed. And, and after that point, and, and knowing that – the frustration level getting hit with that double pass means okay a they're a little bit desperate because they had to go to a trick play to get something done that gives you the idea of blood in the water a little bit that hey we we can step this up yet again and it forces you to redouble your efforts that happens for the defense and i do feel like this team this season more maybe more than others that we've seen in the past feeds off of each other uh, from each side of the ball a little bit more than we've seen because after that the offense comes out and you get a few more bigger plays. You get um, six yard gain up the middle. Uh, you're getting eight yards from Pacheco over the left side. And then you yep. get the 21 yarder from Watson, which was the second longest play uh, of this quarter. You come back eight more yards for Pacheco, six, an 11 spot there to Rice. Like they're starting to get the momentum and it's perfect timing. And, and even in the moment, I didn't, I didn't quite recognize that, hey, maybe it's not the huge chunk plays that we're looking for. But it is starting to become more consistent. They're beginning to get bigger bites at the apple as they go into the half, and it culminates in Bucker's kick of 28 yards. Yeah, and, I mean, the no bigger play on that drive than the 21-yarder to Justin Watson, and it was a gorgeous pass. It, he, guy was out, Watson was wide open. Uh, unfortunately, he comes back the next play and drops the ball. But uh, 21 yards gets the drive continuing. It was a third and nine. It was very needed at that point. That got points on the board. The Chiefs were able to go in and get a field goal, and that changes the dynamic of what is going to happen after halftime. I mean, you talked about it earlier. Halftime is a lot longer, and they had more time to plan and more time to make adjustments and more time to figure out what they're going to do going in the second half. And one of the biggest keys is they changed what they were doing on defense in the second half. Uh, and I think that that's one of the things that got them to the point where they could win this game because they changed how they attacked the 49ers. Yeah. And it all comes back to the big plays that they gave up, particularly the touchdown that I think really was the light bulb session. So tomorrow, when we get back and continue this series, how did they react at halftime? How did they come out in that third quarter and take control or at least make you understand that they were going 
to get back in control. I know a lot of folks will say I'd never doubted it in the first place. Well, some of us did. Some of us were a little bit concerned going into the half. So we're going to do that coming up on our next show. But in the meantime, Matt, Derek will be here as well. So give us a space here. Make sure you're on the text line at 816-357-8781. Check out KCChiefsCorner.com as well as RGRFootball.com and NFL33.com and RogueAPC.com. And I'll come up with some others as we go along. This is fun. We're halfway through regulation of the Super Bowl, and we're going to continue breaking it down. The plays that made the difference, the big players that did the job, and how they got this win coming up. I hope you guys are enjoying this series because we're loving doing it. Thank you for being with us today. Make sure that you like, sub, and hit that bell, and we'll be back with you tomorrow.